0: I'm Mike Vardy. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products, Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now, a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there, and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash Productive Convo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family that's why i do it and that's why i plan to eat The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. Welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. I am your host, Mike Vardy, and this week on the show... I have Angela Copeland joining me. She is a career coach and CEO at her firm, Copeland Coaching. You know I'm a big believer in coaching. I have my own coaching practice. And she is the host of the Copeland Coaching Podcast. She's columnist for the Career Corner newspaper column and the author of career book, Breaking the Rules and Getting the Job. Her personal career background gives her the breadth to help job seekers with a variety of different needs, including finding the right job, interviewing, and offer negotiation. We had a great conversation dive into stuff that I really don't get a chance to dive into too much on this podcast. So check it out. This is my conversation with Angela Copeland here on the Productivityist podcast. I'd like to welcome Angela Copeland to the Productivityist podcast. Angela, thanks for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So uh, I wanted to touch basically to talk a a lot about the idea of, of how to how to foster, you know, a better career, how to find the career that you're kind of meant to get into uh, and and do so in a more unconventional way. You've got the book breaking the rules and getting the job, a practical guide to getting a great job in a down market. Are we like, can you talk about the idea of, of, because that's the part that intrigues me the down market. I mean, as someone who's uh, you know, created his own job basically and is now proudly unemployable at this point. <laughs> um, what, what is, What's different between the market that we're seeing now and what we've seen before? And is there light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to the marketplace right now?
1: You know, I think things are actually looking up right now. I wrote this book a few years ago, but I'll tell you, in general, there are always kind of bumps that you have to overcome. And I think for me, where I really got started was I went to college to study computer engineering during the dot-com boom. And when I graduated from college, it was during the dot-com crash. And so all of the jobs that were available at that time completely went away and you had to become, I had to become very, very creative, I'd say, in order to find a job and to find jobs after that for a long time. And so even though things are getting better in general, I think a lot of people are struggling um, not only to find something, but to switch careers and to find something else that they really like, you know, just as well or better.
0: Well, and, and the interesting thing is we're hearing more and more that you there's no such thing as you're going to be in this job for the rest of your life it's very mm-hmm. rare that you see that now and what is it? it's like you, you expect to change I, I saw a recent article where it says expect to change your job every three years expect to change it every is that something that you're seeing more of and and, and further to that how do you help people make those transitions when it's happening so much more frequently than it ever has before
1: Yes, I totally... I see that all the time. I think it's very exciting. It's such an opportunity for us to constantly be refining our careers. But it's really interesting because it's actually sort of like a generational divide, so to speak. Because a lot of folks, let's say under the age of 45, they're switching careers more frequently. And their parents are really looking down on them for that. And they're saying, you, know, you need to stay at the same job, you need to retire, you need security. But in reality, that security is just not the same as it used to be. So I, I think a lot of times the issue that we have to kind of focus in on is that companies are no longer incentivized so much to sort of promote from within or to train us or to like lay our career path out for us. So as job seekers, we kind of have to become entrepreneurs in a way and sort of start to look for opportunities to train ourselves or, you know, do volunteer work that may further uh, what we're trying to do, or constantly be networking in a way that we probably didn't have to do 20 years ago.
0: Let's talk about breaking some of these rules, because there are there have been rules that have been pretty traditional when you go to find a job. What are some of the what's actually let me, let me let me dive into this particular what's one rule, one rule in particular, that you found that once you broke that rule, or once you've helped others break that rule, it's kind of opened opened the uh expanded their horizons or opened the floodgates a little bit more in terms of what they can hope to find when they're out there trying to uh forge a new career path
1: i would be happy to address that so I'll tell you the very first time it happened to me, um, it was by accident. And I had a client recently tell me, I said, What what was the thing that you learned from working with me? And he said, it was to stop paying so much attention to the rules. And that's, you know, obviously part of the title of the book. But for me, the first time that it happened, I was in college and I was applying for jobs as I was about to graduate. And I was going to college in upstate New York, and a big company called FedEx flew me down to Memphis to interview for her a job here. And when I flew in, I met the two other people that they also flew in to interview against me for one job. (laughs) Um, and which was really, it was frightening. Um, the night before the interviews, I went back and reread the job description and I found something I had missed, which is that the job required an MBA. And I wasn't even finished with college yet. I was just finishing college. Um, and the other two people not only had MBAs, but they also had tons of work experience. They were from Boston. They seemed very, very smart. Um, So I was not only terrified, but I was kind of embarrassed. Um, But I was already here in Memphis. And so I was sort of trapped, I guess, into doing a good job trying to interview. (laughs) And as I went um, back to the airport heading home to New York, um, I got a phone call. It was a hiring manager calling to offer me the job. And it turned out, first of all, I was a great fit with the company, just kind of culturally. Um, I was also probably the cheapest. Um, but the thing that I didn't realize was they they asked us math questions in the interviews in front of a panel, and of the three of us, I was the only one who was able to get the math questions right. And so it turned out that being able to answer the questions correctly was much more important than actually having that MBA and all those years of work experience. Um, so it was the first time I realized. That for example, job descriptions, when they ask for things and they say they're required, they're just not always required. But if we don't apply and put ourselves out there, we, you know, we never find out
0: yeah it's you know one of the things that i i often get uh that i forget and surprises people is when they say oh you know so what school did you go to and i'm I'm like saint mary's high school they said no but college and i said oh i didn't go to college and they're like what and i said you know i mean there's there's unconventional paths Mm -hmm. to to realize you know what you ultimately want to be doing now What if you've never had experience, you know, in a particular industry? So, like, we're seeing these career shifts happen all the time. And, I mean, for me, a great example, I had to carve out my own career. And ultimately, I did start by working for other organizations. And working online is very different than working offline. Let's put that out there Mm -hmm. right away. But what if you've never had experience in that industry? Like, how can someone that's in that, you know, kind of scenario get a job?
1: It's a really good question. I mean, the first thing I would start to look at is is there any opportunity to volunteer your time somewhere? Um, When social media first kind of came onto the scene, I was looking for experience in social media. I used to be a digital marketer in my last career. And... You know, there were no classes for it, but the skill set was really valued. And so I started looking for nonprofits in that example that I could go and, you know, actually volunteer my time for. And I found one that I said, Hey, I'd love to treat you like a consulting client and I'm willing to sort of build your social media presence and manage it for X amount of time in exchange for you treat me like I'm, you know, an agency and we have a business relationship for this time so that I can get real experience. And in that case, because they were a nonprofit, they were, you know, so excited to work with me. And then I had something real that I could put on my resume. I mean, I think very often we're so caught up on being paid for every little thing and not that we should give our time away necessarily, but if you would pay to go to college to learn something, why wouldn't you also potentially consider donating your time to learn something else?
0: Right. Yeah. You know, it's funny when I was in um, when I was finishing high school, I actually worked for a college radio station. But before that, I was doing it for free. I was a volunteer. Most college and campus radio stations, at least in Canada. I'm sure the U.S. Mm -hmm. has the same Is you volunteer. You're a volunteer radio host. You don't get paid. But ultimately what happened was is I ended up getting a job at that radio station for upwards of three years because of the time I spent volunteering. So, yeah, I don't think most people tend to think of volunteering as something that you can do that's separate from the thing that is your regular quote job. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas in this case, you could use it as leverage towards, you know, ultimately doing the, the, you know, moving forward in the career that you really, the career path you really want to go down with. Um, Let's talk about the internet because that's where I live. That's where that's where I work. I know you do you do a lot of work online as well. Um, what role does the internet play in this in this kind of job search uh, uh, environment that, that people are trying to, you know, navigate?
1: Yeah, this is such a good question. It's so important. So I think it plays a really important role, but a different role than what we're being told. So if you were to go and talk to like a human resources person, which I'm not a human resources person, (laughs) but if you went to a company and you said, you know, I'm really interested in this particular job that I found, it's in marketing or it's in sales or or whatever, their response to you very often would be apply on our website. And if you're a good fit, we'll call you. And, you know, I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, a human resources person, their name is out there, their friends know who they are, they're, Um, their family, friends, people from the internet, all are probably contacting them about all the jobs that they're recruiting for. So it would make sense that they would send us through their website. The problem is a lot of times their website or, um, you know, these systems that take in the resumes, they don't work especially well. And I think that'll continue to improve over time, but right now they don't work especially well. So it's very possible that if you apply online, that a human person you know, may never see your resume. So the other thing that the internet is really good for is research. So rather than using it to just apply online, go to sites like Glassdoor and Indeed and look for things like company reviews, uh, interview questions, and um, salary data. I mean, there's so much transparency on the internet that was never available before. And then from there, you can actually go to sites like LinkedIn and look up the hiring manager and reach out to them. I mean, it's different than the HR person because the hiring manager actually does want to hear from you most likely uh, because they're trying to fill one particular spot and you're kind of showing them that you're the standout candidate as opposed to the HR person who's filling many spots and is getting kind of bombarded with messages.
0: Let's talk about LinkedIn for a second here, because it's one of those tools that I, you know, I'm I'm in and I get I mean, the one thing that drives me nuts about LinkedIn, honestly, is that you can't archive like unwanted contacts like they're just there, you know, Um, so that that's that's a user interface thing. But but to me, like what how can LinkedIn help you in this scenario? Because I, I mean, I've. I've used it. I've I've made some contacts there. It's it's like another inbox for me to check, unfortunately, but you know, mm-hmm. if it if you're in the scenario that we're talking about, it's probably the most valuable inbox you have. But can you share with me some of the some of the things that LinkedIn can do and how you can leverage LinkedIn to help you in 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 finding the job that you want?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have actually made a ton of changes to their site, which in some ways probably makes it easier or harder, but there's a couple of key ways I really like to use LinkedIn. In particular, I actually did this once when I found one of my my jobs. Um, There was a a job I was interested in here in Memphis, and it was with a big company, and it was within the internet marketing group. And so I thought, who would this job report to? So I went to the company profile of that particular organization, and I looked at the employees who work there. And I started searching, and I found the person whose title was Vice President of Digital Marketing. And I sent him a friend request. And then I sent him uh, an email essentially through LinkedIn. And I said, Hey, I'd love to learn more about your company and about what you're doing within your internet marketing group. Would you be willing to have lunch with me? And the guy did. He actually... he, you know, We never knew each other. He had lunch with me. I was probably not the best fit at that time. But I stayed in touch with him. And about a year later, he asked me to go and have a coffee and actually offered me a job that I had never even applied to. So that is a really great way to use LinkedIn and you can do that with companies. You can do it with the school that you went to or with, you know, some other group that you're a member of. You can find people who you don't already know and reach out to them for help, especially when you have something in common with them, you know, where you might be able to help one another.
0: Let's talk about social media then since we're in LinkedIn let's talk about social media and, and and the job search and not just in terms of finding but the networking component as well because this is a kind of an online networking space what are some of the tactics that you've seen used not just within LinkedIn but other social media platforms that help people find the jobs that they're looking for and what are the things that you recommend people don't do if they want to you know you know have their you know have their best foot forward when they're trying to find something that'll that'll propel them forward in the career of their choice?
1: That's such a good question. Well, let's maybe start with the things not to do. (laughs) Um, You know, you want to keep your social media clean or at a minimum private if you're sharing things. And what I mean is, you know, think of job searching almost like going to a dinner party. There's certain things that you just don't share with people who you met five minutes ago. Um, things that have to do with politics and religion and money are right at the top of the list. And with the way things are going lately, um, you know, sometimes it's tough to not share your political views, for example. But if you are going to do that, just be sure that your Facebook page, for example, um, is private. Uh, if you're going to be sharing those kinds of things, because when a company gets your resume, they don't just look at your resume. They then go to Google and they Google your name, and the things that will pop up that are indexed in Google, of course, you know, are things like Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, LinkedIn. You know, all of these places where you're sharing all kinds of content and you can't expect them to not look in those places. Yeah, so that's the first thing.
0: And, and, and I got to say that, honestly, my policy is if it's something that you wouldn't say, you know, you don't want to have come back to bite you, just journal about it privately, like create a private <laughs> exactly. journal and say, like, if you're not happy with the political climate, or you want to talk about re- like religion and politics, the things you would never want to talk about on a date, don't talk about them on social media at all, because it can come back to bite you, not just in terms of job search, but in so many other ways as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, also be careful about the pictures that are posted of you, you know, make sure that you have to approve things that are tagged on sites like Facebook, because, you know, even if someone takes a photo of you, where maybe you're totally sober, but it's kind of a strange photo, and suddenly you look completely inebriated. Um, you know, you want to like be able to sort of filter those out. So Mm -hmm. those are kind of the things not to do Mm -hmm. on the things to do side. I mean, social media is limitless in terms of its use. I find Twitter to be an incredibly useful tool, strangely, but, um, a lot of executives I've found actually control their own Twitter. And so occasionally you can tweet to someone, you know, and they will tweet back to you. And all of a sudden you're having this dialogue. Uh, with another person that is at a company that you're interested in. Um, I actually had this happen. I was interested to reach out to the job website Indeed. Mm -hmm. And there's a particular person I wanted to contact there that's very uh, high-level executive. And I didn't know their email address and I couldn't seem to guess it. Well, I did research on uh, Twitter, so I didn't reach out to them via Twitter, but I did research and I was able to figure out their email address. using Twitter. And they were so happy. They actually emailed me back because they were very impressed that I was so excited about their company that I would take that much time uh, to do that much work. Um, And, you know, I think there are also other creative ways like creating videos where you reach out to companies and you, uh, for example, that you may tweet a video about yourself. Um, You just want to be careful what you're sharing publicly, given that you probably have a job right now. Should you
0: have a website like just social media enough or should you have, you know, like a like a hub online that you have control over? Is that something that is is rather unconventional? Is it something that that, you know, um, or or is it something that, you know, it doesn't really uh, it's maybe one of the last resort things that you should be focusing on?
1: You know, I think it really depends on your industry. Like, for example, if you're in something like advertising um, having your own website can be really fantastic because it can be a place where you're bringing together sort of like an online portfolio of all of your work. Um, I started building that kind of website for myself in 2004 when I was in grad school. And I, you know I need to rebuild the site. It's super old by now. Um, but it had things like my resume. It had endorsements that people had given me. Um, it had examples of all of my work. So it was just everything together in one place. Um, in addition, it, you know, if you're very comfortable with technology, um, I was able to put some analytics on the back end that helped me to see which companies were checking out my website, and so it also helped me to get a better sense of who was interested in me. And It gave me some numbers um, in terms of how often are they coming to my site, and how many pages are they looking at, and what are they looking at.
0: Before we wrap up, I just want to uh, want to give. Uh people here at action takeaway item, which by the way, they can get there. If they go to, um, if you go to, uh, your website, they can get a free copy of, you know, your job interview and prep checklist. So make sure you get there. I'll have the link to that in the show notes, but I want to find out if someone wants, what's the first thing that someone can do if they're looking to get the job that they want in the current marketplace, that's going to have the greatest impact and yet something that, you know, they could do today.
1: The thing that you could do today is think about your existing network. Think about people in your network who might be able to help you if you were to reach out to them. We think so often about something really complicated like applying online or having the perfect resume and think back to friends, your family, people you've worked with before um, and think about those connections that you can really easily reach out to.
0: Angela, can you repeat the answer? We lost you there for a second.
1: Sure. Um, one thing that you can do really easily today is something very simple is think about networking. So rather than, um, you know, thinking of something complicated like, you know, redoing your resume or applying online or getting another degree, think about those people in your network, your friends, your family, people that you went to school with, people you've worked with, people who could help you. Um, it's not as complicated as it sounds. You just want to bring it back to a really basic level.
0: Angela, this has been a great conversation. Where can people find you online to learn more about you? Other than the link I already shared with them, but where else can people find you and and learn more about how they can learn how to break the rules and get the job that they want?
1: Yes, thank you. Please visit my website at copelandcoaching.com. On Facebook, I'm Copeland Coaching. On Twitter, I am Copeland Coach.
0: Awesome. Angela, thanks for joining me today on the show. Thank you, Mike. Thanks so much to Angela for joining me this week on the show. Of course, you can find out all the links and other things that we discussed on the podcast page over at the blog, and the show notes are also in your podcast player of choice as well. In fact, you can also get additional podcasts if you want for not just stuff I've talked about with Angela, but other people that you may not get through the public feed, and that's if you become a Patreon supporter. Just head over to patreon.com slash productivities to learn more about that. Big thanks to John Polstra for putting all of the nuts and bolts of this show together. And thanks to all of you for listening. Until next time, I am Mike Vardy, the host of the Productivities Podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going.